0: Welcome to Pharma Talk Radio. I'm Andrew Goldstein. In this podcast, I'll be speaking with Roger Booten, Vice President of Communications for Score Marketing, about a poll that we collaborated on during the 2020 Craco Conference.
1: Hi, Andrew. Thanks for thanks for having me. The folks at Score were really pleased to be involved with uh, Craco this last fall. We know that the long-term goal of Craco is to integrate clinical care and clinical research. And some of the the shorter-term goals that the conference forum is is helping to support through this conference are how to address and close the gaps between research and care, Uh, things like putting patients and physicians first, and providing better health options, which includes better patient access to clinical trials. We put a survey together that separated things into about four clusters of questions. Uh, The first was around patient input and engagement. The second was dealing with COVID and patient outreach during uh, this past year, during the pandemic, Um, diversity and collaboration around clinical trials and and clinical care. And then lastly, we asked people their opinion on the best way to accelerate the Craco movement. And so we were asking attendees their views, but also the views of the organizations that they worked for. So if we look at some of the questions, how satisfied people were with their Um, integration of clinical research with clinical care, only about 46% were completely or mostly satisfied. About 50% were somewhat satisfied. But then when we jump a few questions ahead and we look at what is their satisfaction with patient engagement, 70% were completely or mostly satisfied. Now, absolutely recognize that those are two different things, but they are closely related. And so we're wondering, is there a disconnect there? Another thing that makes us look at that and ask questions about it is we asked the attendees how they sought patient input. And they had, there are several options here focus groups, individual in person surveys, online surveys, patient advocacy groups. So, one, we have to assume that some companies may be getting input from multiple levels. But the, the two that people responded most to were focus groups and patient advocacy groups. What was a bit alarming here was that 30% said that they were not seeking patient input at all. And so when we go back to this, there's 70% satisfaction with patient engagement when 30% of respondees are not asking patients at all for their input. Those two add to 100%. Were the 70% who just asked, are they satisfied with that answer, or where is there a disconnect? Is there a false sense of satisfaction
0: there? To that end, at the 2021 CRECO conference, which is taking place on April 26th and 27th, we have multiple sessions with patient participation I think you'll find in this podcast, we'll, we'll discuss sessions in multiple different blocks because all of this is interrelated. So we have a session on identifying actions to increase diversity in clinical research by understanding the reality of underrepresented communities, which will be led by patients. And we also have a session about COVID and sustaining rapid progress, which also has patient representation. And so hopefully this can spur that 30% or maybe even that 70% to engage with patients more and really increase their voice in the clinical research and clinical research as a care option process.
1: Yeah, Andrew, that's a good segue to a couple of the other questions that were in this section. One of them related to obstacles for patient engagement. And what we saw there, 28% had to do with cost. 20% internal resistance. I would categorize those as sort of the old expected reasons that we would see there. 50% were lack of capacity and only 4% were because of lack of patients. And so what we see there is there's really a resource constraint. Are organizations prepared to handle that? And when we look at one of the other questions, which said, do you have a chief patient advocate or chief patient officer? 60% 60% said no. Only 39% said yes. I think when you look at both of those things combined, there's, a, there's an alignment of resources, perhaps part of the reason why there's less direct to patient out, output. So it's great to hear that the next conference will have those patient-led sessions because that's, those are the things that people, are, people who are really behind this movement are trying to hear.
0: Yes, and if I can comment on your comment, we also have some sessions aligned around that workforce development. So best practices in engaging and training healthcare staff for clinical research to address the issue of resource capacity, and also communicating how research promotes alignment with institution missions. So it isn't this weird thing that the hospital administration is scared to participate in, but it becomes a central part of the institution mission.
1: So the second area that we asked people questions about was around how they dealt how their organizations dealt with COVID um, over the past year. Um, we saw 94% of the respondees were very satisfied with how their organizations adapted to the challenges around COVID-19. And I think there are the new stories abound uh, about you know, the flexibility, the agility of the biopharmaceutical and healthcare community over the past year of dealing with that. We also asked people, do they expect that that level of cooperation and collaboration, do they expect that to continue going forward? 88% said yes. And when we think about some of the things that COVID in a positive way in the, in the health science community accelerated things like decentralized trials, flexibility within the regulatory community, uh, mobile health, but just a few of those. So I, I think that the one of the keys here is going to be, is that momentum going to stop here or will it carry forward? So for example, one of the other things we asked them was, are they reaching out to patients? And the leader was sort of the low-hanging fruit, it was telehealth remote visits. Now, that was already going on. That just accelerated. But you still had 25% of respondents who said they didn't do anything, anything different in terms of outreach to patients. And so what we've seen working with companies in the health science community is some of our clients and the companies that they work with, in some cases, the trials just sort of stalled or stopped. And in other cases, it was a very a stark picture of a difference in that they adapted and found ways to continue those trials. And in some cases, the trials never, they never really missed a beat because they adapted to the new ways of doing things. So I, I think some of, the, some of the big things that we'll, we'll want to see related to COVID is, will those changes that have been implemented, will, will companies not only keep them in place, but will they continue to innovate based on what we learned over the past year to 18 months?
0: Yeah. So, so you spoke about a lot of things there. You spoke about regulatory changes. You spoke about decentralized clinical trials. You spoke about adapting. And we have a whole host of sessions about those things. We have one of our keynote sessions will be Dr. Janet Woodcock, the acting commissioner of the FDA, in conversation with Dr. Laura Esserman from UCSF about doing right by patients by integrating care and research. In addition to that, we have a panel with representation from CROs, from healthcare, from pharma, and from patients on reporting decentralized clinical trial breakthroughs and hitting the fast forward button due to COVID, which will address these decentralized clinical trial models, what they're going to look like post pandemic, and how we can sustain that rapid progress. And we also have a session by Dr. David Bulwer from the University of Minnesota, who actually ran cost-effective online trials using patient reported outcomes. And so this way people can maybe learn other models that might be more cost effective or more flexible for patients to increase access to clinical research.
1: Well, in in another well-placed segue there, Andrew, speaking of access, the next group of questions we asked were around diversity and collaboration. And what we heard from Respondents overwhelmingly was that their organizations, ninety percent of them were fully or mostly committed, and the other ten percent were just somewhat committed. There's certainly people are are committed to this prospect. I think where the challenges lie are how that happens. Again, we asked them how important was the input from patients and their families and friends, um, and most of them said that that was very important but still there were 30%, you know, we get back to the earlier question of 30% of the respondents not reaching out to patients at all. So we're, there's a bit of disparity in the data um, around, we, we think this is important, but then how much are we actually reaching out? What we did see related to diversity and inclusion was that the way most organizations are handling it now are either through collaborations with other uh, organizations to get access to the voices of those underrepresented patients and trial participants. And what we also saw is that not only are they are they more of them, but they are happening multiple times. So it's not just a one and done situation where they've done it once and now they're done, but they're doing it more and more often. And I think, again, this is another situation where progress is happening, seems to be headed in the right direction. There seems to be from the words of the responders a commitment by them and their organizations to do it and it's now the challenges of how do we make that happen how does that how do we actually implement that in our organizations
0: and and so to that end actually opening up the second day of the conference which will be april 26th and 27th so this is for april 27th opening up will be dr chris pernell who's the Chief Strategic Integration and Health Equity Officer of University Hospital, which is in New Jersey, who will be talking about her participation in the Moderna vaccine trial and how we can improve health equity in care and research by tackling these racial disparities. Following, following her talk, We will have Dr. Wolfram Nothaft, the Chief Medical Officer of Takeda, on what Takeda is doing and to improve access to clinical research. Following that, we will have Dr. Ramona Burris, the Associate Director of Diversity and Inclusion in (laughs) Clinical Trials at Janssen, who will discuss how her and her team are working to shape the future of clinical trials by ensuring that they are more diverse, inclusive, and equitable. Um, As I spoke about earlier, we have the panel discussion led by patients on diversity by understanding the reality of underrepresented communities. We have healthcare talking about how they track diversity in their hospital and in their clinical research and what they've learned. And we also have at the end of the program, the road to recovery report from ASCO and what they're doing to ensure that clinical research is accessible, affordable, and equitable. Well,
1: in the last group of questions that we asked people, Andrew, were around their views on how to best accelerate the Craco movement. One of the things we asked uh, respondents was, what are the important activities to accelerate Craco movement? And we asked them what was their most important and what was their second most important. And the two that 70% of the people placed as either their first or second were participating in working groups, which had 52% of the respondents say that was their most important. And then identifying and working with patient advocacy channels. And so to me, what this says is what people are looking for are opportunities to connect. They're looking for opportunities to be with other organizations, to learn from them, understand what they're doing, share what they're doing to see how they could potentially work together how they can, you know, when you, when you look at advocacy channels, companies are reaching out to advocacy channels because they want to understand what the challenges are for the patients that they represent. And the idea of having working groups, I think, I think speaks positively to industry saying we want to work together. We want to understand how to do this because this is not just a competitive advantage for one company. This is a, this is an advantage for, the enterprise as a whole, drug development and healthcare together, how do we improve going forward? I look at companies like the Conference Forum who create opportunities for these organizations to come together and to do those things. And that's one of the reasons we're we're proud to be involved with the Conference Forum.
0: Thank you very much. To that end, we really hope, again, I'm going to continue to say the dates, uh, April 26th and 27th, the Craco Clinical Research as a Care Option Conference. You know, one, one of the goals of the conference is to bring together all of the different stakeholders: the pharma, healthcare, biotech, payers, regulators, patients, health IT, CROs. It's really the entire ecosystem of healthcare and pharma together to learn from each other, to demonstrate tools that Help integrate the clinical research and clinical care, explain challenges and solutions to improve patient access to clinical research. To that end, we also launched a quarterly newsletter uh, where we interview people about the efforts that they're doing. As, as I like to say, excellence is a race without a finish, and so is Craco. There is no end point of Craco, we can only make it better for patients. We can only, you know, improve health outcomes, lower costs, and improve access to clinical trials, and get medications to the patients that need them.
1: I think the last thing I would say, Andrew, and just sort of in conclusion of the big takeaways that we had from the survey, what the data say, is that we've clearly seen that progress has been made on the Craco front. We've seen that commitment is strong from, from the companies to who are attending Craco, that COVID has in as I mentioned earlier in the in the development space and the healthcare space provided some positives. Um, it's been, it's pushed action to happen sooner than perhaps it would have. And, and the big takeaway from all of the different areas was that together we all need to keep pushing forward to break down the roadblocks and the questions and the and the challenges uh, to move
0: things forward on all fronts. Thank you so much for that conversation. You were just listening to Roger Booten, Vice President of Communications at Score Marketing, about a poll we collaborated on during the 2020 CRECO Clinical Research as a Care Option Conference. For more information about the 2021 Craco Conference, which takes place April 26th and 27th, please visit cracoevent.com. That's c r a a c o event.com. Use code score15. That's s c o r r15 for 15% off registration. Have a great day.